to the Tuscumbia Church of Christ. We're proud of you, really. You see this photo there? Do you recognize that? That is Jack's. You getting hungry? Did I just lose half of you thinking about the biscuits now? Is that what this is? So that picture I took back during Snowmageddon several weeks ago. You remember back during that time, because of the snow, because of the ice, a lot of things were closed, including most restaurants. And this picture was taken near the end of the day. Uh, my family and I, we had been to the grocery store, which is right behind that, that Jack's. And there, there's a Lowe's back there, a Rural King. That's that Jack's. And uh, we, we were hungry at the end of the day, like everybody else is hungry. And again, all the restaurants, everything shut down. And, and so we, we went around the, the other side of this Jack's thinking, hey, that place is open. We'll, we'll get in line and get us some food. But when we drove around to the window side, we noticed something significant that the people in this line did not know. Are you ahead of me? It was closed. It was absolutely closed. Why are all these people in line at the window waiting to order? They go up to the, not actually the window, they go up to the menu thing, little intercom, and somebody had to go first. Somebody had to think, well, Jack's is open. I'm going to go order me some food. And so imagine now, that person gets in the lead vehicle, they're up there, and they're waiting, and they're waiting, and they're waiting. And then there's another car going down the road, and they see that car waiting. Well, Jack's must be open. So they fall in line behind that car. And another car sees that car and gets behind that car and that car. And so finally, you can imagine the person in the lead vehicle gets frustrated figures out nobody's going to come and talk to me. I'm going to drive around to the window, see what's going on. They drive around to the window, they see it's closed. So what do they do? They're embarrassed. They waited probably 10 minutes for a voice to tell them, make your order. And so they don't go back and tell the vehicle behind them, you're wasting your time here. What do they do? They leave. And so the second vehicle pulls up to the window, and they wait the obligatory several minutes, and they, you know, it's just repeated time after time after time. And what's interesting, if you look carefully, you can see Eli Harper's vehicle in this line. That's right. Eli's saying, what? No, you know, I don't think. How does that happen? <coughs> People assume. People follow somebody thinking they know what's going on and they don't know what's going on. Have you ever been in that kind of line? Maybe I'm not talking necessarily about a Jack's line thinking it's open when it's closed and you, you're getting your information, false information from the vehicle, the person ahead of you, and you think they're on the right path and they're not on the right path, but you're following them and now because they're on the wrong path, you're on the wrong path too. We're thinking about graduation today. We're thinking about honoring our graduates. We're thinking about things that our graduates need to know, guidance you can give them, I can give them, the Bible can give them. And I understand that when I say that, maybe I've lost a significant part of the crowd because you're thinking, I'm not a graduate of the class of 2021, but you notice I did not say that this is guidance for graduates of the class of 2021. Now, obviously, a lot of this is especially directed towards those special people, amazing representatives of their families in this church. But this is for every graduate. 
Class of 2021, class of 1950, whatever. This is for everybody who will graduate. Now, I may have lost some of you because you're sitting there thinking, well, I dropped out of school years ago. Well, you graduated from the school of hard knocks. We've all graduated or we're all on the path to graduation. We're all transitioning from this part of our lives to another part of our lives. <coughs> and one of the things we want to make sure of as we live our lives that the car we're following, the person we're following, they know what's going on. Because if they mess up and we're following them, we know what we're going we're to mess up to. They make a poor choice, we're right in line behind them, we're going to make a poor choice. And by the way, the folks that are following us will also make a similar poor choice. It's important that we get it right. It's important that we look to the right kind of leader influencer in our lives of course we especially right want to be looking to Jesus the Hebrew writer calls him the author and finisher of our faith and as we're running this race remember we're laying aside all our besetting sin we're, we're becoming more aerodynamic where we can move quicker after the path after the life of Jesus following in his footsteps and, and, and he's the one he, he's the one we want to talk like. He's the one we want to think like. He's the one we want to do like. He's the one we want to worship like. He's the one we want to be like. He's the one we want to be with. We, we think of the name Christian, let's think of the name Christian. We're, we're following Jesus, and he knows if the, if the restaurant's open or not. He knows what the best choices are. He knows what the worst choices are. He is a leader, a guide, a hero, a champion, a conqueror that we can trust. So let us follow him. And that is the best guidance we can give that we can receive. Whether we're graduating now, later, or much, much earlier, we need to follow Jesus Christ. We need to follow others who are following Jesus Christ. Remember, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, be an imitator or a follower of me, even as I also am of Christ Jesus. And so Paul was a type of what physical depiction of what Jesus was. And because of his influence, people were following Jesus because they're following Paul. Truth is, though, Paul had such dynamic influence that some people would have followed him even if he had not been following Jesus. That's the way it is with you, too. There are people that love you, look up to you, and they're following you if you're following Christ. That's a great thing. But they're also following you if you're not following Christ. That's why it really, really matters that we have laser focus on Jesus Christ. Not just for our own selves, selfishly, but for everybody else in our circle of love and influence is saying, I want to be like them. Well, that must be the right thing to do because they're doing it. Oh, influence is such a powerful thing. There are great passages that we will be thinking about in our lesson this morning that, that inspire us to, to be with good people to be influenced by good people, to be good people ourselves that will be also an influence on others. Proverbs chapter 5, verse 20, for example, challenges us to walk with the wise. Listen to wise people. I get a lot of things wrong in my life daily, but one thing I think maybe, 
I get right is I listen to a lot of people. I may not always do what a lot of people say or suggest, but I, I sure consult a lot of people. I'm thinking about, you know, Solomon. He talked about in, in the multitude of counselors, there's wisdom. So I want to listen to the people that love me, that care about me. And you want to do the same. We don't just listen to anybody, but who's somebody that's in your tribe that they have a vested interest in how your life is and where you're going to be in eternity? Those are the people to take note of because they will have us in their heart and, and they will be so invested in us that they'll want the best for us here, but especially in the hereafter. Listen to those folks. Don't argue with them. They care about us. Oh, influence. It is a, a powerful, powerful thing. We get to be influenced, and we get to be influenced, influential to other people. As Jesus put it, what did he say? Salt of the earth, light of the world. Those are positions of leadership. Be a leader. Be, be a headlight, not, not a taillight. Dogs are fascinating, aren't they? You got dogs? You got a barking dog? Here's how it works with dogs. One dog barks at something, and then 100 other dogs bark at the bark. Be the dog, no offense, be the dog that barks at something. Don't be the hundred other dogs that are barking at the bark, that are just following another because that's what the other dogs are doing. But again, our primary focus is Jesus. We want to watch him. And one of the best ways to watch Jesus is to watch other people who are also watching Jesus, who are trying to follow in his footsteps. J.J. Davenport, uh, one of our elders' wives, about this time of year, she, she puts on her Facebook page, and I guess makes it available to other platforms, a list of things that, the good guidance for, for graduates, and good guidance for all of us, really, those are principles that help. And so I'd encourage you, if you are on Facebook, that, that you go to her page and take note of those suggestions. Again, not just class of 2021, but, but all of us can be blessed, again, by by wisdom from people who have something good to share. Uh, let me give you some guidance. It's not original with me. It, it has its root, each of these I'll, I'll mention, from the Word of God. First of all, we would say, wouldn't we, to the class of 2021 and to all of us that we need to know money is not the most important thing in the world. It's really not. Hebrews 13.5 says, keep your life free from the love of money. Remember Paul talked to Timothy. He said, the, the love of money is, is the root of all or all kinds of evil. And so we're, we're, we're in a society where the culture says, hey, money is it. Things, shiny things, glittery things, expensive things, that matters. Let, let's get that. And the one who, who dies with the most toys wins. Well, you and I would say the one who dies with most toys is still dead. That, that's the end of this for us. And so it can't all be about the bucks. It can't all be about the stuff. And, and it's a dangerous game that a lot of folks are, are playing. And it seems like 
just about every direction you can turn, not to be overly negative, but there are folks trying to get your money, trying to take advantage of you in some way or another, trying to rip you off, trying to get you to purchase a product you really don't need that's not really as great as advertised with money that you really don't have. And then we got credit card companies that are more than eager to profit off of the fact that we are trying to buy something we don't have the money to buy. And it's great guidance for everybody, graduates, non-graduates, let us not buy things we don't have the money to pay for. If we'll all just do that, we will free ourselves of the slavery of debt, which can be so crippling and and such great stress, not just on the graduation folks, but also the newly married folks who are trying to have everything mom and dad had right away. It took mom and dad decades. We want it in just a few days. Let's um, just here's an idea. You graduates, you're going to get a lot of money, most likely, from family, from friends. Maybe it's already started to roll in. What are you going to do with that money? Oh, I got this I want to get. Take some of that money, maybe, maybe 10% of it, and, and put it in some type of investment, like a, like a mutual fund. Just stick it in there and, and forget about it. And, you know, several decades, go open that thing up, take all that money out that you didn't blow on some trivial thing and find me in heaven and say, Brother Jeff, thank you for the day that you, you told me to set that money aside because it really was... Don't blow it all. <laughs> Certainly don't blow it all like that. Money is a resource that we can use to be a blessing to other folks, so let's try to do that. Number, number two on my list of things I'd mention to you quickly, don't let the world force you into its mold. Don't let the world ruin you. You remember the teaching, Paul, to the folks at Rome, Romans 12, verse 1, it says, be not conformed to this world. Don't, don't, don't start trying to be like those folks out there. Don't, don't, don't dress like they dress. Don't think like they think. Don't be entertained by the garbage they're entertained by. You know, don't do what they do. Don't talk the way they talk. Don't listen to what they listen to. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That, that's the path for us to pursue, which means we've got to say no. Got to say no to some of that stuff out there and got to say no to self. We, we studied this in a, in a lesson recently. The, the, the hardest person to say no to is that person in the mirror. Self-control, self-discipline. See, the goal, all, all those times your mamas and daddies were putting you in timeout or doing something to your rear end on occasion, that was discipline with the goal of self-discipline because in the future, mom and dad aren't going to wake us up to, to go to church or go to our, our, our college class or to, to, to be at work on time or to be wherever it is we need to be. You know, they're not going to be paying our bills in some cases. And so we, we've got to now get, get real serious with this life. I'm going to make responsible choices. I'm going to be who my parents believe I can be. I'm going to be who I have been raised to be. And 
I'm going to understand that even though I'm living in a world that says be radical, be rebellious, do your own thing, I'm going to do my best to color inside the lines. The boundaries that we have here from God are not to stifle us, not to spoil our fun, but to protect us, to keep us safe, to keep us healthy. Why did our parents tell us not to run with scissors? Why did they tell us to stay out of the road? Why did they tell us not to play with fire? Because they wanted to ruin our lives, to spoil our fun? No, because they wanted to keep us safe, keep us healthy. In a sense, they're protecting us from ourselves. Why does God say to us what he says? Because he desperately loves us and wants us to be healthy. Let's not let the world ruin us, especially as we experience this newfound freedom that can be somewhat intoxicating, can't it? We can be impulsive people, and that can be dangerous, can't it? We need to control that. Be responsible, be respectful, be thankful, be thoughtful. Number three on my list to suggest to us comes from Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. That's the genesis of the thought where Paul, again, talking to some of his friends in the churches in Galatia, he tells them that you're going to reap what you sow. He, he, he's talking about a principle that's clear to us. If you, if you plant watermelon seeds, you're not going to get broccoli, thankfully. If you plant good, you're going to get good. If you plant bad, you're going to get bad. If we make poor choices, they're going to be consequences. If we make good choices, they're going to be consequences. So we need to choose wisely the path that we take for our lives. If we're making decisions because we're emotional, because we're angry, because we're hurt, if we're in a rush to make a decision, most often it seems we're going to choose poorly. We're going to be wrong. So let's uh, slow down, calm down, pray about it, and then make the decision. Hey, if we'll just do this, we'll be a lot better off. Before we make any significant decision, let's ask ourselves, what does God want me to do? Is this what God wants me to do? Is this a part of his plan for my life? Will this move me closer to him? Will this help me to be more like Jesus? But again, just get back to this. Is this something God wants me to do? And then do it. If the answer is yes. If no, don't do it. If I don't know, when in doubt, do without. Right? The number four on my list is don't coast. Don't live life on cruise control. Um, Ecclesiastes 9 verse 10 is a passage that I'm, I'm thinking about. Solomon, pretty wise man, wasn't he? But didn't he write more wisely than he lived? And, and he said, whatever your hand finds to do, talking about good things, of course, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Don't coast. Don't let the details slip. You got something good out there you're involved in? It, it deserves our best effort, our best energy, our zeal, our enthusiasm. Uh, you know, we've only got a certain number of days left in this life. And those of us that are younger might think, I've got longer than somebody else. We don't know. Youth can be very deceptive. When we're young, we think we'll live forever. And a lot of young folks don't live as long as they think they're going to live. 
And so what does that mean? I'm not trying to be morbid. I'm just saying every day is a gift. Every breath is to be cherished. Right? This, is, this is something that God has given us that is a treasure. And we don't want to go through life wasting time. Because once a day has been wasted through goofing off, we, we can't ever get that time back. I'm not saying to have times of rest and recreation. I'm not, not saying we can't do that because our body's going to get rest one way or another. We're going to make healthy choices. We'll talk more about that in a moment. But, but let's not get in the habit of goofing off. Let's not get in the habit of coasting just because we can. Again, once a day is lost, once an hour is lost, that can never be restarted. That can never be Regain that day is gone, and so let's cherish today. God has one day in His calendar, right? Today, let's make the most of this gift. Uh, a number five thought comes to my mind that is good guidance for all of us. It is to remember who we are. Remember who we are. First Peter chapter two verse nine gives us some guidance in who we are. It says we're a chosen. People, We are, get this, a royal priesthood. Goes on to talk about how we are special possessions of God. What does that mean? It means we're, we're pretty terrific. We're pretty special. It's not necessarily because of anything we've done, but because of God. Think about this. G wrap your brains around this amazing thought, this amazing reality. You've been made by God in His image, purchased by the blood of His only begotten son. We're called priest. We're called royal priest. We're called chosen. Chosen by the Father. He wanted us. So we're not trash. We're treasured by the Father. And so let's not let the world treat us like trash. And let's not, let us not be trashy in our thinking, our, our, our talking, our behavior, our wardrobe. We are better than that. Let us be people of the highest integrity, the highest virtue. Is, is there a greater possession we have than our good name? We've worked hard for that name. Let's cherish it. Let's protect it. Because just a few moments of, of, of bad decision making can undo years of goodwill in creating a great reputation. Let's be careful with that name, especially the name Christ that we wear. Number six, let's avoid, let's avoid all these things that can destroy us, chemicals, behaviors. Let's take care of our body, which really doesn't belong to us, belongs to the Father. You remember the teaching, 1 Corinthians 6, Apostle Paul again, 19 and 20, teaching us that we're to glorify God in our body, which are not really our bodies, but rather they're the temple of the Holy Spirit. He says, you're not your own. We understand also we're bought with a price. This temple that is perishing, it, it, it belongs to the Father. It is the, it is the dwelling place of God, in a sense, and the Spirit of God, the Spirit of His Son. His Holy Spirit dwells within us and, and we don't want to make that spirit have to be roommates with, with garbage stuff. And you know that, that all of us on some level or another we have certain predispositions towards behaviors or, or chemicals or something that's not good for us or for our reputation or for our, our prospects of being with God forever and eternity. 
What, what are you drawn to that might be unhealthy? Some can be actually addicted to, to, to gossip, to, to shopping, to, to laziness, to irresponsibility, to various chemicals, alcohol, pain pills, tobacco, sugar. I mean, there are certain things that the devil has said, I'm going to use this as a monster to crush you and those that love you. And, and the graduate, when we're young, he, he tries to get us into these behaviors and chemicals. And it's to be about Christ, not that chemical, not that predisposition. Yeah, a predisposition is no excuse. Grandpa did it. Paul did it. Mama did it. Doesn't mean I have to do it. I can break the cycle. And I should. And I'm equipped by God with the means to do that. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in this world. According to what John has taught us. Let's eat well. We've got to start now doing that because it will catch up with us later. Let's exercise. I know <laughs> that, that can hurt. But once we get into that, we're actually blessed by that uh, number seven take care of that eternal part not just the 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 perishing part of us see no matter how good we treat our bodies it's not built to last for very long and, and when this heart stops beating we have death we have physical death it doesn't have to be spiritual death the death for a christian can be a good thing it, it means we're transitioning from this place to a better place no more pain no more tears no more cancer, no more dementia, no more goodbyes, no more sin, no more locked doors, no more sleepless nights. It's all a whole lot better whenever we are with Jesus. See, death is just a change of location. It's not a, it's not a period. It's just a common our story that continues. It's like graduation from planet Earth to heaven with God. Um, it's not a punishment. It's a law. If something lives, it must die. So let us prepare for that. Jesus was, was talking about this in Matthew 16, wasn't he? In verse uh, 26, he said, What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world? Which is what we're conditioned by society to pursue, the whole world. What shall it profit a man if he gains all of this and loses the, the special, the eternal part? It loses his own soul. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? There, there's nothing worth the soul. That there's no sin, there, there's no joy out there that is worth what it cost if it cost us our everlasting soul. That's a fool's bargain that the devil's trying to get us into. Number eight, let's date. We want to date, let's date good people and ultimately marry somebody who'll help us get to heaven, somebody to help us be a good parent, somebody that will enhance us. And let's be the kind of people that also enhance and bless others that we would date, that we ultimately would marry. We emphasize the importance of dating good people because we ultimately marry who we date, don't we? Anybody just marry somebody you never went out on a date with? Most likely not. I'm thinking of the words of Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, where he's teaching them and us to not be unequally yoked, believers with unbelievers. He goes on to, to kind of broaden out the point and to explain it by, by saying that, you know, light and darkness, they just don't have concord with you. They don't mix up. They don't match up 
very well. And, and even mentions the, the, the devil and Christ. It, it just doesn't fit together. Uh, it doesn't work. When, when we are trying to be good and also trying to hang out with people that don't care if we're good and might even try to lead us in a path that's not good for us. And this has broad application. It's not just about who we date and who we marry. It's who we play golf with. It's who we, we uh, text with online. It's, it's who we go shopping with. It's who we're in this particular club with. It's who we worship with. Right? People matter. People, now, I want to get back to the home because that's a special area of mattering, special area of importance, because is there anything in life, in this life, closer to heaven than a happy home? No. Is there anything, though, in this life closer to hell than an unhappy home? Probably not. So I want to date the best of people. I want to want to be the best of people for others to date, and it will bless us. Is this the kind of person I want raising my children? Is this the kind of person that's going to move me closer to Christ? Oh, after we marry, they'll change. Yeah, they'll change. Sometimes they'll get worse. We're on our best behavior when we're dating, aren't we? Most of us. Date well. Marry well. Live well. Live in eternity with Christ. Number nine. Here, I want to, want to ask us to remember the good news that with every temptation as it occurs, it appears, a way of escape will also appear. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 teaches us right that temptation is bearable. Every temptation is escapable, so let's bear it, let's escape it. Uh, every challenge we face in this life will have a godly solution. And we need to pursue what that solution is going to be. The devil can throw a lot at us. He can make sin nearly irresistible, but it is always going to be resistible, and we must resist it. The devil and no person can make us think something we don't want to think, can't make us say something we don't want to say, can't make us do something we don't want to do, can't put us in a place that we don't want to be. You made me do that. You made me angry. No, I chose that. We always can choose. So let us choose well, especially to take this way of escape. And then last of all, graduates and all of us, let's expect to have a great life. Let's live with a spirit and sense of great optimism. Let's expect not just to have a great life, life ourselves, but let's expect that we will be God's instruments that will assist others to have a great life. Who is closer to God because you're a part of their life? Who's smiling more because you're a part of their life? Hopefully there's a list of folks that are better off now because you are in them, their circle. You're in their heart. You have influence with them and hopefully our lives are better because of the people that we have chosen to be with. We've got to believe that life is going to be grand because God is blessing us. Uh, I like the words of Joshua chapter 3 verse 5 sanctify yourselves what's going to happen for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you but the first step is sanctify to clean up to to move ourselves away from the way some folks in the world are behaving you remember hearing about this young girl she's trying to be good and she was for the most part but she was dating somewhat of a scoundrel who wanted her to go to certain parties and do certain things and drink certain things and smoke certain things and take certain things and she wasn't into that and so they have this argument about it and he says you don't do this 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 what do you do for fun I love her answer she said for fun every morning I wake up without feeling guilty ashamed or embarrassed about anything I did the night before 
that's the kind of life that we can choose to have. Living a good life is some trouble at times, but it's worth the trouble. It is worth the effort. Can I put it this way? The tassel is worth the hassle. And the only thing that's standing between you and the top of the ladder is the ladder. So we got to climb. And we got to be around people that help us climb, that, that believe in us, that trust us, that love us, that pray for us. And uh, they're going to be with us through the thickest of days and through the, the most uh, challenging of moments and also in the best of times. Uh, we're going to stand in just a moment, sing a song of invitation, gives us an opportunity to ask for prayers. It may be that there's some things we're struggling with that uh, too big for us, not too big for God, not too big for the family of God. Maybe some things we got involved in we need to come clean about, ask for forgiveness of those we've harmed. We have that opportunity now. Or maybe there's somebody here this morning that needs to do as uh, Brother Jackson did yesterday and put on Jesus for the remission of sins and obedience to Acts chapter 2, verse 38. If you're ready, the water's ready, Christ's been ready for a long time. If we can help you, please come forward now while together we stand and sing. Have you been